Thank you, <clears throat> Paul and Les. And uh, good to see all, all of you here today. Your Bibles and listen, let's turn to Daniel. Daniel chapter 8. Daniel chapter 8. We continue through our Star Wars journey through book that was written so many years ago, and yet it's amazing how relevant and how up-to-date it really is. It's, uh, day chapter 8, we'll read the chapter together, and uh, and then we'll see where the Lord will take us. Uh, Daniel chapter 8, eight begin now at verse 1. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared unto me. Even unto me, Daniel, after that which appeared unto me at the first saw in a vision, a vision that came to pass when I saw that I was at Shen, in the palace which is in the province of Elam. I saw in a vision, and I when I was river of Uli. Then I lifted up mine eyes and saw, and behold, there stood before the river a ram which had two horns. And the two horns were high, and one was higher than the other, and the higher came up last. I saw the ram pushing westward and northward and southward, so, so that no beast might stand, stand before him. Neither was there any that could deliver out of his hand, but he did according to his will and became great. As I was considering, behold, he goat came from the west on the face of the whole earth and touched not the ground, and the goat had a noble horn between his eyes. To the ram that had had two, two horns, I had seen standing before the river and ran unto him in the fury of his power. And saw him come close, close unto the ram. He was moved, moved with color against him, and smote the ram. The ram took his two horns, and there was no power, power in the ram stand before him. But he cast, cast him down, down, and stamped upon him, and there was none could deliver the ram out of his hand. And therefore the he-goat waxed very great, and when he, when he was strong, the great, the great was broken. And for it came, came up four notable ones, and stirred the winds of heaven. And out of one of one of them came a little horn, which was exceeding great, great, toward the south, and toward the east, and toward the pleasant land, and waxed great, great, even to the east of heaven. And it cast down some of the host, and of the stars, stars to the ground, and stamped upon them. Yea, he magnified himself, even to the prince, prince of host, and by him, him the daily spice was taken, taken away, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. And a host was given him against the daily, daily sacrifice, reason of trans- transgression. It cast, cast down the true ground, and it practiced and prospered. And then I heard one, heard one speaking, and another saint said unto that certain saint, which, which spake, How long shall be the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression of desolation? Give both the sanctuary and those to be trod, trodden underfoot. And he said unto me, Unto two thousand and three hundred days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. It came to, came to pass, I, even I, I had seen the vision and sought for the meaning. Then there stood before me as the appearance of a man. And then I heard a man's voice between the banks of Uli, Uli which said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. So he came near where I stood, and when him I was afraid, afraid, and fell on my face. And he said unto me, Understood, son of man, for at the time of the end shall be the vision. Now as he was speak, speaking with me, I had deep sleep on my face toward the ground. But he, he touched me and set me upright, and, and he said, Behold, I will make, will make thee know what shall be in the last of the indignation. For at the time appointed, the end The ranch thou sawest, sawest having two horns, the kings of, of Media, Persia. And the rough goat is the king of Greece. 
and the great horn horn that between his eyes is the king. Now that being broken, whereas four stood up up for it, four kingdoms shall stand up out of the nation, but not in, in his power. In the last time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up, and his power shall shall but his own power, power, he'll destroy wonderfully and show proper in practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. Through his policy also he caused craft to prosper in his hand. He shall magnify himself in his heart and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. The vision of evening and morning, which was, was told through, or shut thou up, thou up, for it shall be for many days. And I deal fainted and was sick. Certain days afterward I rose, I rose up in king's business, and I was astonished at the vision, but none understood it. God add a special blessing to reading of his word, and let us bow and pray for our study this afternoon. Father God, we bow before you in humbleness and ad- adoration, thinking of how you have you have miraculously, majestic, sovereignly, omnipotently worked among, among people and among all of history, Father, for there's nothing in question with you. You, you leave your throne. You have reigned been in charge before there was time and after time will turn eternity. Father, that's the God that we come and worship today, thanking you for your word that was delivered in this, in this case through Dan's through Dan vision. A vision that, that Lily, he saw nothing of in the sense of his time frame. It was all future to him, and it's unfolded to where we're still part of that vision. Father, we thank you, thank you for the clarity and the significance of accuracy of prophecy. You leave nothing nothing to chance. It's perfect. Thank you, Father, we can depend on the future because you've defined the past perfectly. Thank you, for and as we reach to it today, we would ask that you would guide us, take us, use us, encourage, encourage us. But we would ask that the word would be part of us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit at these moment, at these moments before us, that He and He alone, alone would be clear, or guide, and leader in truth. We'll ask for Father as we as we praise, lift Your name up, that You would encourage for the days coming ahead. Thank you. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. As we've went through the book of Daniel, you know, the first is actually broken into two tubes, which I would say maybe the, the fun part, if you will. I'm saying that a little bit in quotes, but um, that's probably how, how I would determined, and I'm not certain, but it was like God led us to go to Daniel, and the timing of it, uh, I think, was impeccable, quite honestly. We look at the six chapters of Daniel's sense of commitment. Daniel had, just in his heart, it tells us in chapter 1, verse 8. He had decided that he was going to do, do the right before his God. That sounds like that's something we could, we could do today, is to do the right thing, to purpose our hearts, to do the right thing, regardless of consequence. 
found that uh, literally there were his friends, those that would have been, I would, I would say, a minor part of those that were, that were helped and taken hostage, hostage from their homeland. And again, you would remember that they started in, in Israel, in Judah, not, not the Sun Kingdom, and were snatched out there under what would have been very difficult, very dire situations, taken to Babylon, and as a young man, uh, uh, Daniel and his probably were 14 or 15 of age. That's where I was the very smartest in my life. Um, and I found out about three years later, I didn't know anything. And I hadn't learned anything since. Before I learned the lower, lower I, I don't know. No. Um, anyone with a teenager in the household would probably know that to be the same. same. <laughs> but think of that for a moment. But this young teenager, and I'm not, by the way, not taking, not taking any away from, it's amazing, actually, drinks, when, when they're folk and determined or purposed to do what God wants them, wants them to do. Daniel was, was not only six full, he was, he was tuned in. He was, tuned, he was tuned in, which is very much where we need to be today. Um, we look at Daniel being in a foreign land. I'm sure that a, a foreign land hasn't taken us over. I'll let that soak in for a second. On the precipice of vision becoming something else. before have we seen the, inf- the infiltration of evil within the tree. There's things that, things that have happened this week that were above and beyond anything that I can imagine. Censorship. David began to tell you where that's, where that's going. When you take a voice away from people, liberty and free and free has been vanquished. But here's Daniel in another land. He had less rights than we could imagine that, that we, we had. And what did he do? Did he give up? He, he purposed his heart not to defile himself before his God. And that's something. That's the same, the same kind of thing that literally... God is asking for us to today to do here and, and now. Will you purpose your heart to follow him? I pray that God would have us do that because it takes individuals to do that, to get a nation to return. Well, let's keep, let's keep going our text because the staff of Daniel is a little bit more difficult. It's a little more, more out there. Yet, it's, it's the time, it's place for us to, us to really unend the significance, how trustworthy our, our God is. I have listened over the last, actually a long time. I, I, are we not all looking for, for truth? I hope you are. <laughs> the truth is sets us free. John, John chapter 8 verse 2. Never life have I ever, have I ever more difficult to find the truth in this day. Never seen anything like it. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell me what you want to happen, and then I can go find somebody that says that's the way it's going to play out. I can do that. <laughs> do that. But is it true? So that's why really the Bible, Bible is a place for us to stand upon, because, because this chapter is another instance, another level where literally God is proving to us, 
that he knows everything from front to back and is never, never wrong. I had someone asked me this week, um, um, kind of along the same line, where do you go for, I mean, who are you listening to? Who are you reading? I said, oh, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm just, just poking around. He said, well, I've tuned into some of these, some of these prophets, you know, saying, things. what do you think about that? I said, well, I said, quite honestly, I'm really kind of, kind of more to the, the biblical prophets, the ones that are in the Bible. I kind of like how they were measured. If they were wrong once, they're dead. I said, what I would do, do. So, so listen to anybody else, right? He's gone. gone. God, and it's not a creature you sign up for. You can be wrong. Because if you, if you are right, God wasn't speaking through you. So, so what I suggest to this individual is just tell you what. Why don't you just go ahead, go ahead and write down thing, things that the prophets may be saying. And, and on the date, and then just see how well it works out. If they're wrong, wrong strike like them off your list. Isn't that, that's exactly what the Bible, that's the way it did it. Now here, here's the cool thing about Daniel. He's raised some out there kind of, kind of, he's 100% right, right. History is proven, and it's amazing the, 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 What's the eccentricities and the, the little things that he said, not even knowing about it? I want to, again, the, pre- the previous vision is actually involved in the Babylonian Empire. He, he, he was part of that. In other words, what he was seeing was, was the beginning of this course of 500 plus years. It hasn't even ended. ended. Today, this vision in chapter 8, he's awake. Last, not last week, but chapter 7, he was literally asleep. He's a wuss vision. I don't know. I don't know how that works. No idea. But God appeared or allowed him to be in a vision to see things that he knew, he knew nothing about. Not one single thing that he, that he is speaking of had happened. <laughs> you guys want that for a while? Isn't that amazing? And I'm convinced the way it was described by... Now, now I think it's interesting as well. I'm going to step back for just just, just a second. Um, up till now, who interpreted Dan- Daniel's dreams? I mean, chapter one through chapter seven. Who interpreted the, dream, the dreams that or someone else someone else had, or Daniel himself in the last week's study? Who interpreted? Uh, I'll just listen in and interpreted those dreams. Daniel. Daniel did. Now again, someone someone could say, well, God did. He showed Daniel. Correct. Today is a deal. Daniel's vision. He has no idea how to put this together. Even though chapter 7, which was done a couple of years earlier, this is in the third, third year of Shazer, he would have been, been in, his, in his late 80s. Okay? Now, this is chapter 6. Where did, where did Belzer, he meant Waterloo, um, 5 or 6? Six, 6, I don't remember. But it was the last, last day of Babylonian. And did you notice, it just, just, run, just roll backwards for a second. Do you remember how... Daniel not surprised by anything that had come up. Remember, now, everyone else in the room, the room was surprised when all of a sudden, above Belshazzar's head, he's sitting on this, on this elephant throne, and, and above him comes these fingers writing, basically, in our vernacular, time up turkey. And the whole place just shut down, and Daniel, Daniel is called in, and can you make he, it was like, the, like there was no shock. There was no, nothing at all. He said, you can keep your stuff because you're going to, tonight is the end. Why did he know that? Because these visions. He had had time to put them together. In fact, it's, did you, who, who, who is telling 
Daniel, what this dream is about. about. Who's the one that defined this? Yes. Gabriel. Gabriel. Now, it's interesting, as you unfold Gabriel, who is, is here in Daniel's day, this is probably about 51 B.C., you history buffs is where that is. It's been a few years back, and Gabriel shows up. up. Did Gabriel show up anywhere else? There's only two, two good angels named in the scripture. One is Gabriel, obviously, because who's the other, the other one? Michael. Michael. Michael's, he's a heavy hitter. When God needs the real guy to go get something, something really done, Michael's the guy. He gets it done. Gabriel, no slouch. And there's one other na- angel named, and that is Satan or Lucifer. Gabriel comes to define or to interpret to Daniel. But we'll get on. We'll get into him a little, a little, a little bit later. This vision is about horns. Literally three, three horns. Oh, thing else that changes, changes as well. It's like the, from here, chapter 8, to the end of, end of the town, it's God working back with, if you will, will how does the plan end from God's perspective in relationship to the Jews? How do we know that? Well, literally, chapter 2, verse 4, which began, that was the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had about the empire, the the. the the time of the Gentiles, particularly. At that point, chapter 2, or to the end of chapter chapter 7, it, it was Aramaic, which would have been the Gentile language, if you will, of, of that day. Now, all of, a, all of a sudden, chapter, same book, same book, he starts writing in Hebrew again. Isn't that interesting? And if you, if you understand what's going on in chapter, in chapter 8, he's literally described the Antichrist. He gives a couple of examples. We're going to name those. And then, and then ultimately he talks about the very end of time, the end of the indignation, as it's said by Gabriel. The end of indignation. What does indignation mean? Upset? <coughs> Angry? Deal with? Indign- indignation and tribulation are very similar terms. The last verse, we won't get, won't get to today, but literally, first type, type of Antichrist, the first, the big horn, which we'll describe here in a moment, and the, the, the little horn, the, those are in the past. Those were in Daniel's future, but they are in our past. They describe for us a coming single person known in the future as Antichrist, which literally will, will be I'm going to say the pinnacle of the Jews' suffering. Daniel, there's a couple of things here that I think are very, very important. And we tie part of this because it's just such, you look at our world today. It's really not. How many of you would vote that say our world is getting a lot, lot better every single day? <laughs> Wait. Yeah, exactly right. I can't see any of that. You know why? Because it isn't, isn't getting better. Daniel has a couple of, there's a couple of things that are twined within from here to the, the end of the book. It ends well, but it's going to get worse before it, before it gets better. I think, I think if I was going to ask of you, even an audience, uh, quite honestly, there's things that I don't, don't know, literally a lot of things I don't know, even about the future of our own nation. But I'm conv- convinced it's going to get worse before it gets better. It's biblical. 
I've had some that some that say, oh, we're, we're, you know, we'll get through this, and then it's just going to get better and better. It's going to be like utopia, and we're going to change financial systems, and we're going to have... I'm not, not saying it can't get better for, for a period of time. You, you'll, have, you'll have the book of Revelation and, and most of Daniel, and you'll have, you'll have to read out of your Bible to come to that conclusion. I spoke with, with someone to doubt that. God's pretty clear. In the end, he wins. In the meantime, I'm good. That's okay. God, now, God was... God, God, God wasn't in charge, charge, I wouldn't be here today. I would have nothing to give to you. I couldn't encourage you. But the Bible is true. It gives truth. It is free. How it ends. We're going to talk about that toward the end of, end of the Revelation. It is amazing uh, how many false messiahs have come and gone. In fact, I'm thinking, go back to Genesis for a moment. Genesis, Genesis try like chapter 11. And I, I was there earlier, earlier today, I think, right? I didn't write it down. But Genesis, I believe, chapter 11. And we've had a flood. Um, and think of that. that in, in, if you're at 11, turn back to chapter 6. And, and uh, I, think, I think we might have it last week, but chapter 6, verse 5. Uh, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was, was only, only evil continually. Um, <laughs> yikes, right? right? And then he, he and gives as much grace and as mercy as possible for 120 years. Noah is instructed to, to build an ark. And literally preaching the fact the flood is coming. coming and that made as much sense as, as it didn't make any sense. It's, and yet, yet it happened. See, that's what's interesting. Interesting. Oh, Jesus, he's not coming back. And that's, and that's just, he came one time, he was killed, and it's over. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no. He is coming back. And this time, he's coming to rule and reign forever. No intermission. Forever. Forever. Amen. In chapter 11, though, and I'm thinking of this uh, as, as there was a claiming, there was a purging of, you would think, think many people survive, survive flood? Eight. It's <laughs> pretty, that's a pretty simple start, right? right? The family meetings and family circles were out for quite a while after, among, among Noah and the boy, and their face. Oh, was that, was that? Amazing. And yet, not very many years went by. Look at this. Once again, we'll go through, you know, chapter 10, and it talks about sons of each, of each one of the sons, and, and where and where, how they all went, and all of the divisions and the families, how they grew. And then in verse 1, chapter 11, watch, 11, watch this. This is literally the image to becoming our own God, being in charge again. Uh, Genesis 11. The whole earth was of one, of one language, one speech. Oh, that, oh, that's amazing. You could go to wherever, and they, everybody spoke the same language. Ow. And you, you, I'll make a parallel here. You noticed, even in the United Nations now, if they have their meeting, they have their little translation boxes that when, when that guy's speaking, 
you understand perfectly what's being said in, in your language. So is that not pretty, not pretty close to speaking one language that you get? Pretty close. Watch what, what happens. Everybody's of... So I'm sure that everyone's praising and worshiping God, God together in unison because we all, we all speak one language. <laughs> Let's keep going. Uh, verse, verse 2, it came to pass as they, they journeyed from the east and that they found, found a plain in the land of Shinar and, and they dwelt there. That would actually be, actually be the Babylonian area. It's amazing that place just, just keeps showing up. You'll find it, find it in Galatians news scattered throughout. Then one to another, go and let us, let us make, and burn them thoroughly, and lay in the brick for stone, and slime had they for more. And they said, go to let, let us build a city, tower, whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name, lest, lest we scatter abroad in the face of, of the whole. What are they doing, doing here? They're resistant. Exactly. They, they've resisted. They've turned away. They've left God, if you will. It just, in fact, in, just write it down in your notes when I go there. But in chapter 9 of Genesis 1, it's very clear. He, he told Noah, Noah and his descendants, scatter and be fruitful and multiply across the whole earth. I said, no, we don't want to do that. But... Listening to God loud lately, lately, haven't we? This is this is this is again since the flood. By the way, how many how many floods have we since the flood? Not like that one, right? God made a promise. The rainbow in the sky. Every see one, that's a promise from God that He'll never destroy everything that way again. So, so think of, this is where it started again, chapter 11 of Genesis, and here we are, 2021, and we still are doing the same stuff. Men and women making a name for themselves, power, wealth. We're worshiping those things, first and first and to them. I, I was thinking, uh, I was talk, talk, again, I talked to a lot of people, but, people, but yesterday, uh, I don't know how we got there, but anyway. There's things that have been really, really important to people in the sense of recreation and just pleasure time. It's amazing, amazing to me how they have been sort of short-circuited. I look at professional sports right now. I don't, I don't feel survive. And I don't, and I don't know what I think of that. But I bet you might be able to figure it out. Think of all of all of those what I'm going to call those things that that we as we as Americans have thought so much of. And spend so much, much time, energy, and money doing. How important are those? They will be less important every single day as we go on. And yet, how did they get there? Because we made them us. We we replaced God. That's exactly what this is. This is a power battle. That's exactly what's going on in our country today. That's exactly what's going on in our world. We're so close to speaking one language commonly again. We're right there. You can, on the internet, you can literally go around the globe and get, and get connected. Isn't that amazing? amazing? You'd think we'd get it better. better. No. <laughs> no. We've got so much that we need better at. Well, let's go, Daniel. You've noticed we're not charging along too quickly. 
But I want to get into a few of the details that I find remarkable because Daniel, Daniel, Daniel at, at uh, now, now he tells us where that in the, in the, the vision, but where does Daniel reside? Where does he hang out? Excuse me? In the palace. In the palace. And what is that? Babylon. That's home country. That's literally because he support, he's, he's really upper echelon. Babylonian Empire and Belsh states are very clear. It's the third year of Belshazzar, the jerk. And he's on, he's on call, call, if you will. Okay? But it, it, it tells a different place. Um, Laramie, Laramie, I don't know. I didn't ask before. I'm never very good about that stuff. But if you could, you could find a map to show us Babylon, Babylon and Susa, we'll, we'll probably, probably show, or shoot. But I think Susa is what you'll find. It's to the east of Babylon, about 200 miles. Let's look again here, here in verse 2. And I, and I saw a vision. And it cast when I saw that I was at, at Shushan in the palace. 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 With the province of Elam. And I saw in the, saw in the vision the river of Uli. Okay, now that doesn't mean he's there. He's a vision and he's there. Learn how you're doing. Okay, very good, very good. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sort of, sort of to just point and help you see, see in your mind how, how this works out. Babylon would and the key component, the keys, the capital, all of the, the kingdom of Babylonia would be. That's the place. That's, that's boom. That's the stamp. Stamp. Dan finds himself self in Susa or Shushan, which would be about 200 to 230 miles straight east of Babylon. Its level of significance at the time when Daniel had his dream is about... Um, I may not be exactly right, but to pray, Monte Montes. <laughs> Some of you do. Some of you don't. Not not really sticking in the sense of world events. Correct. Okay. Susa or Shushan would have been much the same way. Very, 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 very insignificant. It was a spot in the desert, deep in the desert, by the way. And then, then that Riuli is, is really old canal. It's 900 feet. It's constructed by, constructed by, and there was, it was bringing water from one river to, to the next. It was a north and south route. It really wasn't a river at all. The word that's used in the, in the scripture is a very special word. It isn't, it isn't the mean river. How would he know, he know that? Because God told him. So I want to show you that this little town, this little spot east of Babylon became the head, headquarters. For the Medes and Persians. Do you, do you remember Esther? Let's go, go to that book. See if you can find an Esther in your Bibles. Everyone will turn, turn to one. Turn your way. Okay, if you're in Nia, stop there for a second. For a second. No, by about Nia, Nia, correct? See, I've got a pretty, pretty, I picture my uh, our, our, uh, map in my Bible. Bible shows exactly, but that won't help, won't help you. Nehemiah chapter 1. And look at verse 1 of chapter 1. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekeliah, and him to pass in the in the, Mizlu, in the 20th year, as I was in, in Shushan, the palace. <laughs> and then just turn to Esther, to Esther for a second. I'll, I'll give you a little more narrative. Esther, chapter 1, and let's look at verse 2. Now, what do you, what do you know about Esther? Tell me about Esther real quickly. quickly. Yeah, he was a beauty too, by the way. Was she a Jew? 
Yes, as, as it went on. In fact, it wasn't popular to, to be a Jew right then, right? Remember that? This was during the what? The king of the Medes and, Medes and Persians, okay? This is that time frame when they were reigning. And in fact, the best thing you could do if you were a Jew, not to tell anyone. Remember Mordecai? It was found out that he was Jew. And then who was that nice guy that loved Jews? Hey, he, was, he was a jerk. And then he came up with this plan. He built gallows and he was going to hang Mordecai on it. And then, and then asked one day where they were going to kill all the Jews in the kingdom. And what do you think Esther was trying to do right then? <laughs> to start with, I think I'll just stay, stay here, right? It's, this, this is really relevant for us just today. Esther didn't do anything wrong. Mordecai honest, honestly saved the king's life. And then he was going to be put to death. And it would have been a lot, lot simpler, a lot easier for, for Esther to stay out of sight in the palace. Do you remember what Mordecai said to, said to her? You are, you are here for such a time as this, and I'm going to tell you right here, here today, you are here for su- such a time as this. This, this, is, this is an opportunity for you to stand up and stand in the gap. We're going to, we're going to let in a moment as we get to the word at the end of the session today, too. too. Esther was told, it be, you are here for such a time as this. God doesn't make mistakes. You were born at exactly the right, right time. 2021 exactly the right, the right time for you to be part of what's going on. But I want you to, you to see Esther, where she's at, at. If you know, taking off little little branch row, my rabbit trail. Sorry about that. I'm good at it. Esther chapter 1, verse 2. That in those days when the king Ahasuerus sat on the throne, throne of his king, which was which in Shushan the palace. Isn't that amazing? So this little, little podunk tent shows up as, up as being literally. A place Daniel is, is showing as being a place that is a palace, a kingdom position for the coming empire. We knew nothing, nothing about That's pretty remarkable. Not surprising because God gave it to him, but, but remarkable nonetheless. Let's go back to Daniel chapter 8. Daniel chapter 8. I'd like to take just a few moments before, before we go and unfold the the, the saw, beginning in verse, verse 3. Is I want, us, I want us to go to verse 15 and see this. Verse 15, chapter 8. It came to pass when I, even I, Dan... Stop there for a second. What, do you mean? what, what does that mean? What does that mean? It came to pass when I... Me. Just me, Daniel. This guy, this guy is humble. He doesn't even know why he's getting this vision. <laughs> That's what I love about Daniel. Daniel, right? He's so focused on God, he th- thinks nothing of himself, and he's just, just amazed. He's, he's joyed with having opportunities. Just, just me, just Daniel. Daniel, it's this vision. And I was, he was seeking. He sought for the meaning. And then, then behold, there stood before me as appearance of a, man, of a man, and I heard a man's voice between the banks of Uli. This canal, which called and said, and said, Gabriel, make this, this man understand the vision. Now, it would make sense to think that that man's voice is no doubt. Who would commission Gabriel? Probably God. Gabriel doesn't listen to a lot of different folks, I'm sure. 
And God said, Gabriel, I want you to fulfill in Daniel. Give him, give him complete understanding what this is about. And Gabriel is committed to, committed to the scene. So he came near where I stood. And he came. I was afraid all upon my face. Um, is, is that normal when you see an angel? An angel? <laughs> Everybody seems to be on, on that same page. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Because we fear God naturally. I think. And fear, fear in the way of respect. I'm convinced that one of the things that really happens to us, what, think, of, think for a moment of Moses before God. And God said, you, said, you, you, you can't, can't look. Sinful men cannot look on God. And, and an angel, which is not God, God by any of the imagination. It's, in fact, kills very clearly John, John the Apostle, which, that's a cool guy, right? I mean, he got a lot of stuff. And at one point, he was so over, over, over with the vision, with what he was being given. And he said again, it was given unto me, just I gone. It's the same thing. Do you see Do you see ability packed in it? And he was going, he fell down before this angel. And he, oh, no, 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 get up. We're not worthy to be worshipped. That's God and God alone. Amazing, amazing, isn't it? I think what happens to us is, is we see a face of pure purity and righteousness. God's essence sinfulness. Isaiah, remember him? Chapter 6. Oh, woe is me, a man of unclean lips. That's really what, really what happened. But let's a couple other examples. Where else did Gabriel show up? Mary. Yeah, and what was, what was the other one? First, before Mary. Elizabeth. Zacharias, actually. Let's, let's, go to, let's go there for a moment. Let's go to where, where Gabriel's literally named. Go to uh, Luke. Find us in Luke. Luke, chapter... I believe it's chapter 1. And let's watch for Gabriel comes on, comes on the scene. Now, this was, what, this was just a couple of years, right, after this? <laughs> I think Gabriel was getting, was getting old and couldn't anymore move around? No. Luke, chapter 1. Let's begin now at, I think, about, about 11. This is speaking of Zacharias, the, the father of John the Baptist. There appeared unto him, this is uh, chapter 1, verse 11, angel of the Lord, the Lord standing at the side of the altar of incense. And when, when Zacharias saw him, him, he was troubled, and fear fell on him. Seems like the logical, <laughs> right? Turn over with to, uh, and, you, and you can read the rest. In fact, let's make sure that you understand. Verse 19, 19. I want to sure that you see this is Gabriel. Verse 19, chapter 1, 1. The angel answering said unto him, unto him I am Gabriel, that, that's in the presence of God, of God, sent to speak unto thee and to show these glad tidings. Whoa. There he is. Now, look in, look in verse 20X. This girl's busy. This, he's got a couple of missions going on here. Right? He pops into Zacharias, tells him, his wife Elizabeth and conceive and even have a son. He's going to be the forerunner, forerunner Messiah, John the Baptist. The Bapt. And then look in verse 26. In the sixth month, sixth month of war, pregnancy of Elizabeth, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Ali named Nazareth to a virgin espoused, to a man who's Joseph, 
of the, of the house of David and the virgin, virgins, Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art, hail thou that art highly, highly favored. The Lord is with thee, with thee. blessed thou among women. women. It would have been like a day, any other day, that she'd just be on, on the job at home, probably. She's more, more than likely a teenager. And all, and all of a sudden, here's this angel, angel and said, <laughs> She actually handled pretty well. Uh, it's amazing, actually. When she saw him, saw him, she was tried uh, at his saying. I'm sure she wasn't cast in her mind. What manner of salutation is she being? What's this deal? I didn't have anyone speak to me any other time. time in my, you know, you don't know what I mean. The significance, the, 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 the prominence of it is overwhelming to, overwhelming to her. He goes on to tell, tell her that she was going to, going to conceive. She would bring, bring forth the son and call his name Jesus. He would be great and great and shall call the son highest. The Lord God shall give him the throne of his father, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. You know what she stumbled at that right there? That was that, that's a that's a full. In other words, in other words, you're gonna have you're gonna have you're gonna call him Jesus, and he's gonna come and he's gonna rule and reign forever and ever. And she said, How can this be since I've never known a man? She was she would start with A. <laughs> Gabe find that the Holy Spirit. Verse 35, the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be with thee shall be called, called the Son of God. Behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived son in her old age. Old age. This is the sixth month with, with her who is called Aaron. This is important. important. For with God, with God, nothing shall be impossible. I'm clinging to that right now. <laughs> That's how Mary responds to that. <laughs> how, many, how many virgins had kids before? <laughs> that would be a big zero. And she says this, verse 38. Behold, the handmaid or the servant of the Lord, be it unto me, to me according to the word and the angel, the angel depart. Is that not amazing? Basically, basic, I'm good with that. I believe you. What did we last week? What, 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 remember what we were with last week? More, fear less. How'd you guys do with that? You remember your other assignment? What was it? Ephesians chapter chapter says ten through eighteen. 18. Did anybody read it every day all week long? And I'm, and I'm gonna say I failed. Didn't he, didn't he? Got it? Good for you. For you. Anybody else do it? Teacher's pet. Yeah. Yeah, that's how he gets in the front row. He's got this little thing going on, right? Right. Yeah. Anybody read it once? Nice. Nice. Very good. Twice. Look at you go. And you know what? The more you read, you read it, the more blessed or blessed you will be. Because that literally right now, in the days in which we find ourselves, look, particularly in America in the two, year 2021, that, that is what we wake up with, with every single moment. Uh, every sing, single waking moment. Let me put my arm, my arm on. I'm sorry. Let me put God's arm on. See, did, did you see the difference? That's what we do. We usually want to put my arm on. Ah, failed. Failed. You know the only way that your weaknesses can become God's strength? You, you put on his armor. Put on his armor. Let's go back to Daniel. Let's go back to Daniel chapter 8. eight. <clears throat> Again, I've said this once already, already but I want to make sure that we keep it, in, keep it in our minds. The second half of Daniel, Daniel Lily, is for the Jews. And he's preparing them for the suffering that will ha- happen to the, to the, to the Jew. When did the times of the, the Gentiles begin? 
This is important. We learned this way back, but when did the times of the Gentiles begin? Yeah, when the deportation of the Jews from Judah, about 605 BCC. That's when it started. It's when the first kingdom came on board, the Babylonian kingdom. So where are we at in the times of Gentiles? When did that end? That was a, that was a trick question. It ended. We're still living in the times of the Gentiles. To Jewish, it, this in, in Ephesians and in Romans chapter 11, 11, I'm thinking, this is a parenthesis with the Jews. They rejected Christ. He came onto, onto his own and his own received, received him not. But onto those that received him, he became the sons of God. Sons of God. That's a verse that for us Gentiles, it's fantastic. Meantime, they say set hide from the point, the point of the matter where they literally, the now Israel had been taken by Syrians in 722 BC, but when, but when Judah, the last kingdom was, was taken by Babylonians into Babylonians, 605 BC, BC level of deportation. From that point, point right there, again, the times of the Gentiles, and the first parenthesis came out. And do you know what? God's still not working exclusively with Jews. You've heard of Messianic Jews, those that have seen Jesus Christ as their, their Messiah, the one that they see as, see as Christos, the one, the one that, the one that through the lineage that is described for both of them in Matthew and in Luke through Mary and Joseph. Do you know how many, you know how many believe that of Jewish faith today? Very, very, very small. But, but God is faith. There's a remnant. But he's, he's coming. There's a coming. And literally, we work ex- exclusively, primarily, that's a better word, primarily with Jews. And that period of time has not come yet. We haven't the last parenthesis, the last, what are they thing? What are they? There's a left parenthesis and there's a right one, right? Right? Well, that's from my, from my perspective, from yours. And that hasn't happened. When does that happen? When does the end of the Gentile, the, the time Gentile, when is the end of all of that? The end of, end of the nation. Because the Antichrist is part of that times of Gentiles. In fact, we saw last week in chapter 7 that the hornet came out, came out and snuffed three of them. What kingdom was that? That was the Roman kingdom. That is not in this one today. What do we want him to do? What is Rome? Rome is a Gen kingdom. That Antichrist will come from the renewed Roman Empire. So the times of the Gentiles look happen. Do you know what it is? When Jesus Christ hits... The Mount of Olives out of Jerusalem, and it's over. That's when the Jews finally time of indignation, nation of indignation, the end of the tribulation. That's what happens. The Jews finally, finally say, oh, "Jesus Christ is our Messiah," and he he hits Earth the second time, and it's all good, all good from there on. Let me tell you what. Scriptures say that. They willing in the time of his visitation. Exactly. Exactly. Are, are they now? But he hasn't did the second time. I can just, I, I can't even quite imagine, in my mind I've got this visual, but it's not enough. It's, I can't describe it for you enough, enough. But right moment, the very end of the, of the fullness of God chastening those Jews through using the Antichrist, it's complete. Jesus lands second time. And they are there just waiting and willing to receive him, him as their Messiah. That will be, will be absolutely fantastic. You know what we're going to those, those that are in Christ, you get them with Jesus this time. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now, where was I at? Somebody tell me, tell me where I was at.
In the Bible? Yeah, thank you. Daniel 8, there we go. There we go. Um, let me move in here. Let's look at a couple of those things. Um, we were looking from verse 15 through 19. Um, let's look, look now at 17. Speaking to, to Daniel, has asked for interpretation. Gabriel is unfolding, folding. So he came near where I stood, and when he came, I was afraid, afraid fell on my face. He's literally, literally, he is overwhelmed with the presence of this Gabriel, this angel. And he said unto me, Understand, O son of none of man, for at the time of the end shall be the vision. At the time of the end. End of what? The end of the time of the, of the Gentiles. This is why this is significant. The two, we get through this, this the two antichrists, the false, false messiahs, one being Alexander the Great and the other Antiochus Phineas, those are in our past. But there's another one. The last one. The last antichrist will be at the end. Now watch, he says it again, just to emphasize that. Verse 19, and he told, I will make thee know. What be in the last end of the indication? Forever at the appointed, the end shall be. So he's speaking even beyond these, these two kingdoms that, that Daniel that and then he goes, and then he goes on them. Let's let's go to Zechariah chapter twelve. Let's look what the end looks like. We've already described a little bit. Zechariah, and I'm thinking we can find it find it twelve. I'm hoping I'm right. Zechariah, chapter 12, verse 10. Actually, let's look at verse 9. Verse 9. It shall come to come to pass in day. This is the, this is the very end of the tribulation, that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. Uh, that's a pretty. That's a that's a that's a key. The key, right? Um, that's a verse. A verse I'm a part of, right? You want to be a nation that's against Jerusalem? That doesn't look so good. Good, because I is God. God. Verse. And I will pour out upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of and of supplications, and they they shall look upon on whom they have pierced, and and they shall mourn for him, as one mourneth for his only son. And shall be bitter for him as one that is bitterness for his firstborn. In that day, shall there be a great mourning in Jerusalem, as the morning of Hadradur in the valley, valley of Megiddo. And the land shall mourn, every family apart, the family of the house of David apart, their wives apart, the family of the house of Nathan apart, their wives apart, the family of the house of Levi apart, their wives of the family of Shimei apart, and their wives apart. All the families that remain, every family apart, and their wives apart. That being at the very end. They will finally see Jesus and mourn for him, finally desire him. That, that's a new one. The end of the tribulation. One thing I want you to see, too. Where was that? Where did I just leave you now? I, Zechariah. Let's, let's go to 1 John for, John for a moment. 1 chapter 2, verse 18. Now, this, now this is from uh, the man that wrote, wrote down Revelation. Watch this. 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Little children, that's love to address those in the first letter. Little, little children. This is the last time. This is an amazing every, every generation. 
after Christ has felt, felt they are in the last day, days. That's where we're to live. We're to live just as if it's the last days. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, that, even John believed that. Even now are the many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. Isn't that true? True. You think of the Antichrist, but literally you know where the Antichrist comes? From a spirit of Antichrists. There's a following verse that tells us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now let's go back to Daniel. Let's look at these, the description that has unfolded folded for us. Verse 3. And then I lifted up my eyes and saw, behold, there before the river, I am, which, which horns, and then the two horns were high, and one was higher, higher than the higher came up last. I saw the, saw the rim pushing westward and north, northward and south. So that, so that nobody could stand before him, neither was there any that could deliver out of him that did according to his will and became great. And I was considering, behold, a he-go. he-go. there for a moment. Verses 3 and 4 describe for us a ram. A single ram. ram. How many of you have, how many of you, many of you herded? Okay. Quite a few of you have, actually. What's the one thing that's rare? Let's say that we have, let's say we have 40 sheep. I don't, I don't know why there's 40. The only, thing, the only thing about me would be quite a bit less than that, but let's just say it's 40. 40. That's true. Most of them. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Yep. What else do we know? Excuse me? Yes, yes, they do. When's the, when's the last time they saw 40 shepherds? Okay. 40 separate sheep. They don't social this. They don't do it. Never seen a masked up either, for that matter. But at any rate, <laughs> sheep are, they're kind of like a group animal, aren't they? they. <laughs> Isn't that true? I, I remember just for just as. My horse was taking a nap. They were all on. That's right. That's, that's right. They want to do the same thing. I remember as just as a little boy, there, it's amazing. And if you go through like an opening and one get, gets through there, me as a little boy, about this tall, this tall, and I'll just stop, stop them. Oh, no, no, no. Elroy, the first one, went, went through there. We're going to all go through or three through or over top of you. And then, of course, if you look short, they jump over you and they knock you down. And they, they just keep coming. They don't stop. Stop. Of course, of course, yet, right? Because they do. That's right. That's right. That's what they do, isn't it? They like to go together. Boy, it's amazing. Amazing how they're like, aren't they? I wonder, I wonder why Jesus is described as the shepherd. We're, we're a lot like sheep, aren't we? We're a lot, lot like. But here, here, this, this is interesting. This is this one ram pictured by himself. Stands out. Stands out. Now, there's something about this ram, ram that are that are even more descriptive. It says that, that there was two horns. That's not partic- particularly weird, but look at this. In verse 3, the turns were high. The horns. But one was higher, was higher than the other. And the higher one came up later. So look at this. I'm not a very, very good artist. So I tried, tried, tried to draw it on the board. So you've got this, got this, you got them, and it's already tall. So let's say one horn's this tall on one side, and the, and the other one is this tall on the, on the same sheep, the same, same ram. That's weird. That's weird. weird. But now think of that for a second. See, let's go back down and let's see what Gabriel 
described this as, verse 20. Let's go down to verse 20. This is Gabriel, who is under commission to make Daniel, or allow, or allow him to understand the vision. It says, the, the rain, which thou, which thou, verse 20, having two horns are the kings of Media and Persia. Now, he didn't know who those are. We do. Who is the strongest one of those, those two kingdoms? Persia was. And it was a latecomer, wasn't it? The Medes were literally the, literally the started off in this empire chase. And then and after the fact, kind of out of, out of almost no, they started to rise in power. And literally, they were the burr the, at the end. They had even conquered the, the Medes in somewhere around, around 550. Wow. How would you like to call that one? <laughs> oh, did you, see, did you see this? This is interesting. Maybe you didn't. Go back to Daniel and look what, how it's described, how this ram moves. Verse 4. I saw ram. Are you there? Uh, eight, uh, eight, chapter 8, verse 4. I, I saw the pushing westward, westward, northward, and, and southward. What did we leave out? Eastward. Now, why is that? that? Because that's where the kingdom's from, is in the east. <laughs> exactly as described from history, history to on for us. They, they were in the east and in all directions. Wow. And then watch, and watch verse 5. As I, was, as I was considering, think of that for a moment, watching all of that to unfold, and Daniel's thinking about that. Behold, a he-goat came to the west on the, on the face of the whole earth and touched not the ground. The goat had a noble horn between his eyes. Now we've went, we've went from two that are offset, offset to ram, I'm sorry, a he-goat, a goat now, that he has one horn in the middle. That's called a unigoat. He came to the ram, verse, verse 6, that had two horns, which I had seen standing, standing before the river, and ran onto him in the fury of his power. And I saw him come close unto the ram, and he was moved with cholera or anger against him. He smote the, smote the ram, broke his two, two horns. There was no power in the ram to stand before him, but he cast him down to the ground and stamped upon him, and there was none that could, could deliver the ram out of his hand. hand. Therefore the he-goat waxed very great, and when he was strong, the great horn was broken. For it came up four notable ones toward the winds of heaven. And out of one of them came forth a little, little horn, which waxed great, exceeding great, toward the south, south, toward east, and toward the pleasant land. Waxed great. Let's stop there for a moment. Let's go back to, see now, of course, this, this would have sent Daniel into a tizzy, right? What is this, this about? But imagine this. this. Here he's, he's getting this, this, this ram, this sheep, with the two, the two horns, and, he, and they're... He's, he's getting it done. He's doing whatever he, whatever he wants to do. And all of a sudden, just out, just out of where, from the west it says, here comes this goat. He's got one horn. And he, and he takes off and he doesn't, doesn't even the ground. Now that's move, move at a high rate of speed. And, and he totally abolishes it. Isn't, almost, I mean, just wipe out the ram. The There's no left. Lightning speed. Ooh, what is that all about? Let's turn down to, to verse 20. Daniel, Daniel chapter. You know what Daniel knew about Greece? Nothing. Do you know what Greece, Greece was in 551 BC? Uh, nothing. It said the rough goat is the king of Grecia, or Greece. And the great horn, horn that is between eyes is the first king. First king. Wow, look at that. Now that's putting yourself on the edge, isn't it? 
So what he's saying is that Greece is the next kingdom, and king is going to, to be notable horn that literally wipes out the Medes and Persians. And then verse, 20, verse 22, that being broken, the bin, the bin, whereas four stood up for it, four, four kings shall stand up out of the nation, but not in his power. Who first king, king of Greece? Alexander the Great. Uh, let, let's talk about it for a moment. Uh, he has, his picture of him is actually uh, 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 what is defined for us in chapter, when you look at over, overview, literally gives us the pow- power of the Antichrist. Christ. He was incredibly powerful. The expansion of the, the empire previous to the Medes and, Medes and Persians was large, largely large enhanced. It was, it was really much bigger. But the speed at which he did it, now, the interesting part is his, fa- his father, which I can't think of his name, name right now, of Macedonia, correct? Correct? Yeah. So when he he was actually, there was some power being gained, and he, he was going to try to take on, on the Medes. He was killed, unexpectedly, murdered. I don't know by whom, but he was murdered. So his, his son, being Alexander, Alexander picked pieces. How old Alexander was when he became king? 21. <laughs> 21. And it took him two years, and then he felt, I was going to follow, follow his footsteps. I'm going to conquer the world. He's 20 years old. He amasses an army, he takes off. He, li- he literally never came home again. In a bit of less than 10, 10 years, he conquered the entire known world. Rare, I've even lost a battle. Lightning. Unbelievable power, unbelievable quickness. Oh, I forgot, forgot to tell you something in my mind. Do you know the Median Persians? Persians were by their leaders going into battle. Do you know what that leader, that head honcho, always had on somewhere on his vesture? Or, isn't that amazing? <laughs> this is so it, it, incredible. What what is happening here? How God is God is on full hundred percent accurate. And see, that's what's really cool for me today in twenty twenty one. Looking at our nation in such turmoil. The only thing I know for sure, sure, the only thing that is positive, true, is what I read in the Word of God. That's the only thing that really matters. Matters because it's right, it's true, and it's going to happen. Nothing in question. So. And in less than 10 years, this, this young Alexander the Great literally a, a conquered the world. No one's ever done that before. In that per- period of time, at that young of an age. It was, it was, it was miraculous. And, he, and he's actually himself in nonetheless then Babylon. All good things happen in Babylon, right? <laughs> and he was, he was actually, because he had, he had conquered the entire world, and he said, are there no worlds conquer? And then he was some kind of drunken stu- stupor. Died at the age of 33. That probably is the most epitomizes the antithesis of the Messiah we know as Jesus Christ. As I think. Jesus Christ lived for, lived for 30 years. Alexander the Great, great lived for 30, 33 three years. Alexander lived, and lived for him. Jesus died for everyone else. Alexander had no passion. No love, I should say. No love for anyone other than himself. Jesus Christ became less than who he was to show it to everyone. 
Alexander the Great died in Babylon and Jesus died at Calvary. Everything Alexander was, was Jesus was not. Everything, everything that just was, Alexander was not. Think of the waste of Alexander and think of what Jesus accomplished in the same amount of time on this earth. One conquered kingdoms, one not the human race. It's amazing. amazing. But a picture of a false messiah, do you see it? It's, it's very clear. Actually, it's a shadow of an antichrist. Very opposite of what the real messiah was. Which, by the way, Alexander the Great, he's in that 356 B.C. when he was born, conquered the earth at, at 320, or, or Three, so you got to think about that for a second. 333 BC. Just think of that. Three, 300 years before Jesus Christ was born, born, and Satan took a shot at showing what he was made of. Isn't it amazing? What we know that, that says the father of lies, lie, John 8 44. That's why today, is this, not, is this not society right now? The father of lies? It's everywhere, isn't it? Truth is almost indiscernible. If, you know, I'm going to say that even in the tribulation, tribulation which God will endure for forever and ever. It says that. It'll never die. You know what's going to? You know what people are going to say in the tribulation? If you think it's hard, it's hard to find truth. Can you imagine when they when the Antichrist the propaganda machine? And he doesn't declare himself to be dictator. He doesn't declare himself to be king. He doesn't declare, declare himself to be mark. He doesn't, he doesn't declare anything other than in an all earth. But God! That's a lockdown. Well, then he said, I come quickly. So I think we're going to have to have a warning. Yeah. <laughs> the Antichrist Christ will move in speed as well. As well. Now, what I want you to see from Alexander the Great in regards to the Antichrist is, is the power of Alexander the Great will be very indicative of the power that the final Antichrist will have. He will be very, very powerful. Now, the, now the inter- we'll be touching on this next week as we talk about the, the Antichrist, the last one, and the, the nuances of him. He's on the scene very suave, very, I'm going to lay back, back, but powerful in his own way. He's, he's big of speech. He's going to be an oratorical genius along with very much. He's a fool. In fact, in fact, that brings me to a passage, passage of Scripture. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, you will be fooled. Let's let. In fact, I'm jumping ahead. We'll probably next week as well. Well, but uh, brought me to me to Second Thessalonians. Let's go. To, let's go to Thessalonians chapter two. Second Thessalonians. You know what? You know what? The other thing that I've been surprised at myself. I've I've had some I've some men and and some women that I that I I knew. I, I didn't. I mean, don't know them personally, but I'm. You know. You know. You you watch them and you unfold them and you see them and you think know them. I have been fooled in the last several weeks. Right? Watch this now. It's amazing how truth will come out. It always will. Second Thessalonians, let's start in chapter 2. And da, 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 da. let's start in verse 3. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Now, again, I, I, 
I can't a lot of time here, but I'm here, but I, let's read through it. The description that Paul, Paul giving, another man speaking of the Antichrist. John spoke of him. Daniel spoke of, spoke of Paul spoke of him. No man deceive you, deceive you by any means. 3, chapter 2, Thessalonians. For that day shall not come except there come a falling fall away first, and that man of, man of Sivio, the son of son of what does a falling away look like? What, is, what does that mean? What you, it, in other words, the Antichrist, the son of, son of perdition, another form, he can't, can't come until this, until this happens. Is that a falling away? What is a falling away? We fell away. <laughs> We're falling away right now. What is it? Is it basically to resist, resist or truth? We've been, we've been really good at that. That's exactly right. We, and we, and we, we, we resist. We don't want the truth. We don't want to know the truth. And there's a lot of people today. Even though they say they want to know the truth, they don't want to know the truth. Don't want to know to know the truth. Particularly if they don't want to accept the truth. I want my truth, anything I believe. Let's keep going. going. I wasn't going to do this, do this very long, but I'm. Speaks of the son of perdition, the Antichrist, verse 4, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God. Or that is worship, so, so that he, God, sitteth, sitteth in the temple, showing himself that he, he is God. That's going to happen at, happen at halfway through the tribulation period, in what is called the great, great tribulation. Three and a half years in, he, he is making himself to be God on earth. Remember you not that when I was yet, yet with you, I told these things. Paul is reminding them. I've, I've t- talked about this before. And now you know that with... And you know, holdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the, for the iniquity doth already work, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, all power and signs and lying wonders, and with, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that, that perish. Because they receive because they receive not the love of the truth, they might be saved. And for this this cause, God God send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Wow, that that's exactly what will will be happening at the end or during the tribulation. Go back to uh, to, uh, to, to Daniel. How much time? It's cruising, isn't it? Daniel chapter 8. And he can't catch up. We talked. Uh, see, did I fill you, all, fill you all in on? There's a few things. Few thing, we didn't finish the he go. Go back to, to uh, verse verse 8. The he waxed very, very great and was strong. Alexander the Great the Great was a pinnacle. Of strength, the great horn was broken. That was when he was when he died, and, and it came up more notable ones toward winds of the heaven. Heaven we talked of those last week, and in the other vision, Cassan, Lysimachus, Seleucus, and Paul and Ptolemy all split up that ter- territory. Now, one of the things that's interesting it, it took it took Alexander the Great to conquer the entire thing in less than years. That's interesting to me. I've just I've just blown that. Okay, do you know how long it took for the four guys to sort it out? After all put together, 22 years. Years. In fact, here's a really interesting thing for you. I can't remember this. I wrote it down. There was actually one that looked like, looked like there was going to be the one. And his, his name was, where did I have? Antigonus. Antigonus was, we got four. And, and there's this other one. It just keeps part, part of the group. 
What, what would have happened if the fifth, the fifth one, Jonas, actually had his own territory? What would have happened? I would have to take my Bible and put it away and put the shelf and say, this is, this is over, we're done. But you know what, but you know what happened to Jonas? He was defeated and went away, so there really was just for just like it was, was described and prophesied. I think that's amazing. It just goes, just goes on and on and on, and it's just, just delicately laid out. Laid out. Those four. And then, and then it goes on to say, goes on to say, after that, verse 9, let's go back to verse 9. Out of one of them, out of one of those four, forth a little, little horn, this is the little horn, which waxed exceeding great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the, the pleasant. What's the pleasant land? Israel. Exactly right. It's described even later in, in Daniel. The pleasant land. Great even to the host of heaven, and it cast down, down some of the, of the stars to the ground. In other words, God's people, people that he killed. He killed. killed. Now, who, now, who is this guy? Turn back, turn back to, uh, let's make sure we understand this. This is not the Antichrist. How do we know that? Turn, turn to Daniel chapter 7 and, and look at 8. Because we have a little horn in here too. Verse, verse chapter 7. I considered the horns, Daniel, and behold, there came, there came up among another little horn, little horn, whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of man and a mouth speaking great things. Now we learn from chapter 7. That is, that is the Antichrist. And what I just said was this little little horn described in chapter 8 is not the Antichrist. How do we, what am I basing that on? What was the little, the little horn in chapter 7? What kingdom did he come from? Rome. Number 4. Different horn. You see what, see what I want to do? Little, little, little horn. No, no. This little horn comes out of the Grecian kingdom. Okay? So this is actually someone, someone that would be a picture of an, of an Antichrist, but it's not the Antichrist. And it talks about all that he's going to do. Now, again, his history is on our side. And the man that came out of Seleucids, which was one of those four kings, just like it was, he was the eighth ruler of the Seleucid dynasty. And his name was Antiochus. He, 300, 300 advanced, ruled from 175 to 164 BBC. Again, way out. I mean, he wouldn't even thought of when, when, when Daniel would have had this, this vision. Antiochus was, was a jerk. His brother was actually, actually in, should have been in line for the throne, the guy by the name of Demetrius. After the murder of his brother, then Antiochus took the throne. And he liked to go by Antiochus Epiphanes. Actually, Antiochus the Divine. Do you know what the people called him? Antiochus Epiphanes. You know what that, what that means? Mania. Oh, he hated that. Oh, he hated that. He was so evil, so wretched. He did things, things particular to Jew. He, he, went to, he went to Israel and literally magnified him. So I'm going to leave this for next week and week and verse, verse 11 and going on. He literally went into the, to the temple and decorated it. He was a picture in sense of how evil that man really was. He did not have the power of Alexander the Great. But the Antichrist in the end will not only have the power of Alexander the Great, he will have the character Antiochus Epiphanes. And, that, and that's why that nation, that composite of those two false messiahs will be cumulative in the final Antichrist, which is described, described us in verses 23 through, 3 through 25. Look at next week. Next week. This chapter 8 is really, really a great deal of promise to the Jews. There's pers- persecution? Yes, there is. But at the end, God wins. 
And that's something I want to encourage us with, us with today. Sometimes, sometimes we get caught in today. There's enough problems for today to live today. I get that. I'm not telling you to look beyond that, but I'll tell you, but I'll tell you what. Today, if we just look at today, don't do that. Rise above it. Look to the end. Look outside of what we know today. Today. Because, because why? Because if you've looked at the, po- the prophecies in this chapter just today, give, given to Daniel 2,600 years ago, and none of it, it, it happened. None of it. And the accuracy is mind-blowing. We talked what of last, last week, the po- possibility of even having 10 prophecies that are described. It's astronomical. Anybody questions the truth, truth of the, the Bible? History to us, prophecy to Daniel, absolutely unbelievable. And why shout the future? Future if the past hundred percent accurate, no reason to at all, none at all. Let me try to leave, try to leave, leave encouraging thoughts. I say. Look into the world we have today. There's literally, literally, the one thing we want to make sure of is Jesus came once, but he's coming again. And this time it's triumphantly for eternity. He's not yielding anything to any, anyone the next time he lands. So, so the question I have for you is, is, what will you do with Jesus Christ? That's the most important question in all life. Particularly at the point where, point where you can understand the difference between right and wrong. What will I do with Jesus Christ? Will you bid with Christ in God? Colossians chapter 3. Think of the magnitude of the battle that we find ourselves engaged in. And sometimes, you know, I, I've, I've heard this comment over the last couple. What can I do? Right? Have you said it? So you don't even have to tell me. You did. I know you did because that's do. We're, we're, we lied. We want to do something to. Yeah, I'm right in your head, aren't I? Of course you are. What do we do? What do we, what do, we do? I want to talk to you that the odds are not in, not in numbers. There was a man by the name of Gideon. Find him in Judges chapter seven. I'll let you do the exploring yourself for yourself. In Judges chapter seven. And Gideon, Gideon, actually in Judges chapter six, God called him. He said, "I've got a job for you, Gideon. I want you to lead my against them against the Midian." Somebody saying to me, "That's Gideon." He would. He was very. I, 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 he was almost like. Maybe a humility, humility third. He was just fearful. That's who he was. He was. He was just intimidated. He's, and, and wouldn't you be intimidated? I mean, Midianites were crazy running over the top of you. It was almost like grasshoppers stealing everything that you had, and you work for nothing. You just go home. Another year, you're shot. If you know some people can't wait, couldn't wait to get rid, get rid of 2020, we were five days into 2021. We're looking for 2022. <laughs> kind of like it was in the days of the judges. I do want to take you to Judges for a moment. Turn to Judges, the last verse, the last chapter of Judges, of Judges depictive of, of, I know this isn't, this isn't all of you, too many of you, but it's good to remind ourselves, uh, this was the day and age in which the Judges, that time period in which, this was a mess, I'm going to tell you, it was a mess. Judges chapter 21, at the last verse, this is literally the overarching statement of the, the time of the judges. In those days, verse, verse 25, this is Judges 21, 21, 25, last verse in Judges and Judges. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. <laughs> I say that's 
pretty clean close what's going on, right? Well, anyway, get back, get back to the story. My time is flying. But, but, and he was this, this man that was very easily intimidated, very fearful. Um, and, and again, for good reason. I, I don't want to in any way try to diminish what he, what he would have felt. Think of providing for your family, literally the minute, everything they wanted at any given time. And God says, I want you, I want you to lead an army. Um, well, he finally, finally convinces him. You know, I'm cutting through the chase. You guys do your own, you're doing your own uh, digging in. But anyway, so he starts off with a group of 32,000. Let's work with this for a moment. He's got, he's got 30,000 men in his, in his army. Okay? That's not bad, is it? In fact, it sounds like there's going to be 30,000 troops in Washington, D.C. on the 20th, along with multiple levels of... I mean, this is... I don't understand all of that, but that doesn't matter. Why did I think of that? Think of that. I don't know. I did. I did. 32,000. And God said to, said to him, that's too many. That's too many. I'm sure... I'm sure. What, do you, what, 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 what do you mean too many? I would like more. Right? Don't we always want more? There's something, something about numbers, right? God said, no, I, I, it's not important. In fact, let, let's, go, let's go to Judges chapter 7. I can't stand it. You in for it? Let's go to Judges chapter 7. Let's watch what develops. We'll just, I'll, I'll get you to start. You guys can finish. Uh, Judges, Judges chapter 7. And uh, start. Let's see here. I'm going to try to break into this. Uh, verse 3. Now, Judges 7-3. I, I understand, understand. I'm not holding your text exactly, but, exactly, but you can do that. Now, therefore, go, go to, to proclaim in the ears of the ears of the saying, who, oh, I'm sorry, verse 2. We've got to go back to verse 2. Lord said unto Gideon, people that are with thee are too many for me to, to give the Midian unto their hands. What? what? <laughs> uh, lest Israel vaunt themselves against, saying, my own hand hath, hath saved. Oh, does, does that verse we should maybe underline? How many, many people are looking at strengths within our own country, within our own men, within our own political leaders, and whatever else else to say he or, or she lead us through this, through this? What did God just say? That's too, too many. I can't get, can't get glory for that many because they'll say they did it. Boy, is that relevant? <laughs> Pretty relevant. Let's watch what he does. Okay. So I'm sure Gideon's thinking, well, you know, we'll get rid of 500. You know, let's, let's, let's get rid of 500. How are we going to do that, Lord? Watch this. Uh, verse 3, now therefore go to proclaimers of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful, fearful afraid, <laughs> let him return and depart part early on Gilead. And they returned out of the people to 20 and th- thousand, and they, re- and they remained 10. Th- okay, ready to do the math? So we got 32,000, and, and he said, hey guys, we're gathered up here. Here's what we want to do now. All of you, all of you that are afraid, scared and kind of scared of scaredy, you can leave now. Now. <laughs> There were probably even, even some that were quite so scared, scared, but they saw us going. They thought, that must be where we got to go. The sheeple kind of thing, right? Okay, so we got 22,000. They left. 10,000. What are you thinking right now? Whoa. whoa. <laughs> and then God says this. Watch what he's next. The Lord, the Lord said unto Gideon, the people are yet too many. Bring them down unto the water, and I will try it, and I will try them for thee there. And it, and it shall be of whom, whom I say unto this shall this shall go with thee, shall go with thee. And, and of whomever I say with thee, this shall not, shall not with thee, the same shall not go. Gideon's wondering, in the world. Brought down the people under the, people under the water, and the, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that lappeth the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth, but him shalt thou set by himself, likewise the one that boweth down, down on his knees. Okay, so in other words, they go down to a stream, they got down on basically all fours, and we're, and we're drinking out of the stream. 
There was another group that literally they were, they were sitting like this, probably looking around and pricking and scooping and then drinking right out of their hands. Okay. Now, do you think that would be a 50 50 thing? You know, in other words, this should probably turn down to five. Kids, kids, it's probably 50 50, right? Wrong. Watch what happens. Verse 6. The number of them that lapped, putting their hands to their mouth, were. Did you, did you see it? Yeah. 300. <laughs> so, so, so that we had 9,700 that, that wrong. <laughs> For God, anyway. Now, do you, I was surprised. I, whoa, carried away here. I've taken 32,000 and I literally turned it into 300. Again, at this point, saying, I'll tell you what, let's go back to step one. All of those that are fearful, scared, can leave. I'm leaving. <laughs> he didn't. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, that, that's, this is what God ended up with. with. Dominion, I said, you know where you're going right now, right? No, I know where you know where you're going. How many Midians were there? I'm going to tell you, this is, this is, it's more than 300. Oh my gosh. In fact, there are different interpretations, but I can tell you the minimum number of Midianites that these guys did battle with. It's really cool how they, how they did it. They didn't do it with, with Normandy. Do you know how this battle in the United States is going to be won, if it's going to be won in the nearby? Because in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 12, 12 tells us we're fighting against men and men and women. This isn't a man and woman thing. This, this isn't civil war between human beings. We'll read it again. It's a spiritual good versus evil. God versus Satan battle. The way that's going to be won is what? By, by prayer and, and the word of God, which is true. Now this, ortho, this is really, unorth- I, I really, I really, this is something I want you guys to read. Because you do not think, think God was miraculously saved Gideon's 300 men. And they brought three companies, got 100 each. And then they had a light and a pitcher. Now, you'll actually find God told Gideon ahead. God is always there to encourage. He's encouraging me today to stand up praying intercessorily for other people in this country. That's what we need to do. We'll be talking about in a moment. Literally, he told Gideon. Are you guys okay? I mean, we're, we're, we're running late. You okay? I can't. I can't. You can't only say, can you? 300. Wow, that's crazy. Okay, here we go. Um, verse 9. It came to pass night that the Lord to him, Gideon. Uh, Again, arise, get down to the host, for I have delivered it into thine hand. Ooh, that's good to know. No. But, if, but if thou fe- fear to go, to go there with, there with Fura, thy servant, down to the host. So what do you think? Think around. Stop. Don't read anymore. He said, he said, he's, okay. Gideon, he said, said uh, I've given them into your in, in hand. These Midianites are yours because I'm in charge. I want you to go down to their camp. But if you're, take, I apologize to him if I've said, you just, just isn't like the right name for that guy, right? Right? But I'm calling him that anyway. Anyway, he sent him down to the camp. So, so what is? What are you thinking? You think he's? <laughs> watch, watch. But poor Fura, all right? Oh, where are we going? Going? Where are we going? Verse eleven. Oh, let's see where we go. Oh, oh, shoot. Where was it? Verse, yeah. And thou shalt hear what they say, and after and afterward thine hand be strengthened to go down to the host. Then, then went he done with Fura. 
him under the outmost of the other armed men that were with him. And they, they listened in. They were, they were listening to the camp. And I, I, I have to keep moving. But it was, it, was, it was so interesting that God had already intervened within the, the mental process of these Midianites. They knew they were done. Now, now you're wondering, because I haven't told how Midianites did they go against. Turn to, turn to chapter 8. Turn to chapter 8. Now, this is at the end. They've been on the run, so, so to speak. Look at verse 10. Now, Zah and Almuna were in Zarkor. Uh, now, this is, there are two generals, there are two leaders, two uh, uh, leaders of Midianites of the army. Watch. About, about 15,000 men, all that were left of all the hosts of, of the children of the East. For there fell 120,000 men that drew the sword. So let me get this right. right. Those 300 men were fight, fighting again. 135,000 Midianites. And you know what? Even about the battle. Why? Because God won. He can do the same today. He will. Ultimately, when you get to the end of the tribulation, it's not even quite a question. There's one more battle after that. That not even a battle. Like it's, it's just not, it's just such a joke. The millennium, millennium then goes for thousand years. Th- thousand years. Perfect reigning, ruling Jesus Christ on the throne. It's, it's wonderful. Satan is released for literally. I'm, I'm talking the short time in the scriptures. I mean, I mean, it's a very short time. And the sand of the sand of the scribe in Revelation chapter 19. They follow after him. After him, God says, "That's it. I'm done, and it's over." And it is just like that. It's like that. There's more questions about about who's in charge. I want you to write down Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 30. That verse talks about standing in the gap. Think about it. If there's a, there's a wall, there's a breach. Somehow it's been opened, opened up. There's a hole in it. Literally, God is asking, would somebody please stand in that hole? Stand in the gap and protect it or inside. It's a picture for us to, to pray for others. Pray for leaders. Pray for our country. Pray, pray for facts. First Timothy two verse one talks of that. Praying for others. I'm going to ask you: Would really, really pray this week? Really pray. I don't know where we'll be next. Be next point. I have no idea. I don't have any idea. We have three thousand troops with F F sixes on air. We've got we've got every every imaginable way. We've got Patriot missiles that are stationed in eastern Tennessee, expecting cruise missiles to hit. Are you, are you ready? Are, are you, did you hear that? It's domestically. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but, but do you understand the, the brevity of this? What do we need? I can't. What am I going to do? I'm going to pray. Prayer is the most powerful thing known on the face of this planet. There's nothing stronger, nothing greater. In fact, it's, it's part of suit up. Pray to God. The truth and just justice fail. May God be in charge. May God rule and, and reign. And may we follow after. May we follow. I want to encourage you at the end of the book. At the end of the book, sometimes you've got to go, go to the end of the book, see what it says. Let's go to Revelation, Revelation chapter 2. Actually, that's the wrong place. Because uh, I want to I warm you up first. Revelation 21 and verse 1. 
I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and first earth were passed away. Revelation 21.1. There was no more, more sea. And John saw the, saw the holy the new Jerusalem coming God out of heaven, heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a great voice out of heaven, heaven say, Behold, the, t- the tentacle of God is with men. He will dwell well with them and be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more, no more death, neither sor- sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the four things are passed away. Chapter 22, verse 2, verse 1 through 4. He showed me a pure river of the water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, and in the midst of the tree of it. And on each side of the river was, the river was there the tree which bare twelve manners of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month, and then the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Where did last see the tree, the tree of life? In the Garden of Eden. It's never been back since. And you know what? There's a day, day it's coming. And it's rare. Hey, there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be, his servants shall serve him. They, they shall see his face, and his, and his name shall be their foreheads. There will be no there, there will need no, no candle, the light of the sun, sun nor the Lord. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Do you know what, do you know what stands between that and where we are? Revelation 20. Let's go back there. This has to happen Happen first. God's going to, to deal. Then chapter 20, chapter 20 is a day that will happen in debate. It says, And the devil deceived them. This is the, the end of the millennium. That deceived, deceived them was kindled like a fire and, fire and brimstone. East and the false prophet are. Shall be tormented today and forever and ever. That ever. That's Satan going. And I great white throne and saw, saw him sat on it. And then who's east the earth and the heaven fled away. There was found no place for them. I saw dead, small and great stand before God. The book, books were open and the book was open, which, open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead were in it. Death and all or Hades, div, div, the dead which were in, were in them were judged every man according to their works. And, and death were cast into the lake of fire where Satan is. This is second death. Verse, verse 15. And whoever was not, not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That has to happen before chapter 21 and 2022. Become. You want your, your name in the book of life. And the only way you can have your name, your name in the book of life is having, having Jesus Christ as your Savior. There's nothing else. That can get you there. And the really cool part here is. He's available. He died for you. There's no, nothing that stands in the way. way. Literally of what Jesus Christ accomplished on Calvary's tree. The blood that was shed for you and for me. Is available. You just simply, simply ask him. To forgive of your sins. I trust you Jesus. To my savior. Lead me and guide, guide me. In faith, I ask for your grace. And you and your name is in the book of life. And, and chapters 21 and 22 too become reality. Now, I, now I'm here to say, look at the, the disciples. Quickly, quickly. Disciples that surrounded, surrounded that table. Do you know they never, ever could figure out who Judas was? They did not know that he was a traitor? There's so many things we don't know who, who is on, on board with Christ, with Christ and who is, who is not. But I'm here to say, those disciples, every single one of them, gave their life under very, very serious, serious, serious situations. You know what? That is not the end. That is not the end. If we literally are murdered for our faith, that is just the beginning.
of a life eternal, of what God is, God is through the sacrifice of Jesus, Jesus Christ. To him, him alone, be, be glory and honor forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, what a beautiful promise, uh, promise, promises that you've been through the scriptures. There's nothing in question. We don't know exactly chronologically where we are in the, are in the 2021 in relation to where this or this, but it will end just the way you said it would. But in the meantime, when we are asked to occupy, Eon said, Lord, Lord Jesus, quickly. That can be our prayer, but Father, we're here today. Maybe tomorrow, maybe not, but at the same time, I want to lift up our country. I want to lift up our leaders. I want to lift up every single person in this nation. That they would, they would reach out to Father. Those that trusted Christ, Christ, but returned to Him. Coming back. Being what you want them to be. Being conformed to the image of your Son. There are those who don't know you at, you at all. They've been fighting you. Resisting you. Maybe just, just ignoring you. Father, those I ask would Holy Spirit work intimately within their heart, lives, their souls, the innermost part of where their decision made, decisions are made, that you would make it very, very clear to them that Jesus Christ is the only, only way, the only answer to their problem. Father, thank you for the light and life that Jesus accomplished. We name up, praise you, we'd ask in this journey that seems tenuous, that we would be boldly, Intercede prayer for our nation, nation, for our neighbors, and for everyone in, in this nation. Father, we lift you up. Praise your name. We're thank, thankful for the fact that you, you are on the throne. There is no, no question ever that you relinquished anything to the enemy. Sometimes, Father, we need to go through hard things to do the right thing. Thank you for the, the opportunity to tell truth. Daniel, just, just Daniel, this was given to you. Father, we adore you and thank you for the truth that you've revealed and unveiled for us to today. Knowing the accuracies of a 2,600 years ago is spot on. Worship you as your, your son, omniscient, omniscient, omnipod. Go with us, with us, week, Father. You'll need to encourage us and strengthen us, guide us, direct us. Help us to think of others. Help us to humbly bow before you. Love those around us, trusting you and fearing less. That is our. We reach out in love, for you are you are God, Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.